Welcome to the Father-Daughter Book Club, a podcast about the joy of reading together. I am one half of the book club, Kalia, the daughter. And I am the father half of the book club, Chris. And today we will be discussing the long-awaited book, Out of My Mind by Sharon M. Draper. That's right. We've talked about doing this book before. We finally were able to get a copy of the book, so now we're ready to discuss it. But before we do... There will always be spoilers because we will be discussing this whole book. That's right. So if you haven't read the book and you don't want to be spoiled by what's in it and what we talk about, press pause right now. Go finish reading the book. We'll wait for you. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll be here when you get back. So go ahead and do that. Take your time. And then go ahead and press play as soon as you're done reading. That way you can join in on our discussion and know exactly what it is we're talking about. Yep. So, with that said, this book, it was published by Sharon M. Draper on March 9th, 2010. That's right, and Sharon Draper has won numerous awards, including the Coretta Scott King Award. And this book was very popular within many states, and it won many state book awards, and too many to list them here, so just know that it was a well-received book. Yes. So with that, here's the summary of the book. 11-year-old Melody has a photographic memory. Her head is like a video camera that is always recording. Always. And there's no delete button. She's the smartest kid in her whole school, but no one knows it. Most people, her teachers and doctors included, don't think she's capable of learning. And up until recently, her school days consisted of listening to the same preschool-level alphabet lessons again and again and again. If only she could speak up. If only she could tell people what she thinks and knows. But she can't, because Melody can't talk. She can't walk. She can't write. Being stuck inside her head is making Melody go out of her mind. That is, until she discovers something that will allow her to speak for the first time ever. At last, Melody has a voice, but not everyone around her is ready to hear it. Wow, okay. If you're not excited about reading this book after that summary then I I challenge you to look past it and read it anyway because that summary right there is very interesting to me. Why? Because it talks about a character who has never been given a voice before, a type of character that personally I've never read before. Like reading a a book from the perspective of a person who can't speak, she can't walk or talk or do anything like that. I've never read a book like that. So to me, that was, uh, I was like, oh, I was all in. I wanted to read yeah. this right away. Um, I don't, I don't think they mentioned it here, but the reason why Melody can't walk or talk is because she has cerebral palsy. And before we get into the, the details of the book and what happens with Melody, I think it's important that we discuss some background information about what Melody's condition is how it affects her, um, her various um, abilities and inabilities. So, uh, as you mentioned, she has cerebral palsy. And I I picked up this description of cerebral palsy from cerebralpalsy.org. And it says, while cerebral palsy is a blanket term commonly referred to as CP and described by loss or impairment of motor function, cerebral palsy is actually caused by brain damage. The brain damage is caused by brain injury or abnormal development of the brain that occurs while a child's brain is still developing, before birth, during birth, or immediately after birth. Cerebral palsy affects body movement, muscle control, muscle coordination, muscle tone, reflex, posture, and balance. It can also impact fine motor skills, gross motor skills, and oral motor functioning. understand this because she has nothing wrong with her brain it's just her body that doesn't work so that actually is a big indication that something is wrong with your brain because what controls your body your brain so the portion of her body 
excuse me, the portion of her brain that has been damaged is the one that controls her motor skills. It doesn't impact how well she can think or how smart she can be, but it is something that's wrong with her brain. And that's what this uh, oh. is trying to, to indicate. The, I think one of the problems that Melody has in her life is that just like you assumed right now that brain damage is something that affects how you think, other people assume that, well, because she has this condition, it's likely that she, her, her brain doesn't work very well. When that's not true, it's just that her motor functions don't work very well, but she thinks very clearly. And, and as she said, she remembers everything. She's got this great brain. Words like just like swallow her up, yeah. except for numbers, which isn't her yeah. strongest. So I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the exact portion of the brain that cerebral palsy in 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 melody's case has has affected but needless to say there are many different portions of the brain that control many different parts of your self your body your mind everything and if one part of the brain is damaged it doesn't mean the entire brain is damaged sure so have you ever known anybody with cerebral palsy well i do know some people who do have like physical disabilities but never anyone with cerebral palsy so this book um, was an, another reason that I, I was glad to read this book, because I remember when I was in junior high school, I actually had a friend who had cerebral palsy. Who? This, this boy named Tom. I forget his last name, and I won't say his full name here just so that, you know, give him some privacy. But uh, he had cerebral palsy, and he was, much like Melody, very, very bright, although his cerebral palsy didn't affect him nearly as much as it affects Melody. So he was still able to walk, but he needed a walker. Um, he was still able to talk, but he, you know his speech was a little bit slurred, but he could still talk. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, able to write, but his obviously his handwriting wasn't very neat. And he struggled to write, but I mean, he was able to do it. So he struggled to do things that other some, others of us take for granted, but he wasn't completely impaired like Melody is. Where she needs... To have this, we'll explain it later, but she can't walk. She needs a walker. Um, we explain that she doesn't have the ability to talk, so she uses this, like, communication board. She, like, points to it with her thumb. Because the only part of her body that came out perfectly was her thumbs. Her thumbs still work. It's right. just her hands. So cerebral palsy, as, as you can kind of tell already affects people who have it differently in the case of my friend tom um he he still had some motor function but struggled a bit uh but his brain was fine he was in the honors classes along with me he did very well eventually he moved i think he moved to like florida or something and and i lost touch of him uh, of him but uh, he was a bright kid very smart um with melody you've mentioned a couple of the things that have limited her she can't walk she can't talk uh, so she needs a wheelchair um, in order to communicate her mom and uh, her, I guess, babysitter, you would call her? Mrs. V. Mrs. Val- would, Violet Valencia. Yeah, that's her next door neighbor who takes care of her after school. Um, she, they, The two of them kind of developed a communication board that Melody can use to kind of point at things uh, that to she wants to say. And it, of course, it's limited, very, very limited, but at least it gives her some form of communication. And like you said, she can use her thumbs. Her thumbs weren't affected at all, it seems, by this cerebral palsy. So you can, she can use them very hands. well. Okay, and, and her other fingers don't work. Right. And, and in what other ways physically is she impacted by her cerebral palsy? Well, she can't write. Obviously. Yeah. Um, she also... Did you mention she needs help eating? Yes, she does. She has to be fed because her hands don't work. She has to be fed. She has to be changed. She has to be put onto the toilet. When she needs to go to the bathroom. And the one thing to, to note about the way she eats and drinks, because she doesn't have very good motor skills, she can't control her mouth that well. No. Um, so she struggles to eat. So even though she's fed, she still will spill stuff. She drools because she can't keep her mouth closed. Um Anything else that I missed? No, not really. So yeah, those are the the physical ways that 
she's impacted by her cerebral palsy. But as we mentioned, her brain works fine. And as mentioned in the summary, she she doesn't forget anything. She is. So what do they call photographic that? Photographic memory. There's a photographic memory. And I found this definition of it. It's a very basic definition. It's the ability to remember information or visual images in great detail. And to be more detailed about that without using any sort of mnemonic devices or to help things to help you remember. So with Melody, Just she's... like a picture in her brain, like a tip right. in her brain. She sees it, snaps it, and then it's, she remembers it forever. So she has this really fantastic memory. Um, and, and what else uh, about her? Well, we learn that when she hears music, she feels like she feels and hears colors... So, like, if she listens to country music, it's, like, yellow, orangey, classical. I don't remember. She explains this in the book. All right, so she knows that her mom enjoys listening to classical music, and it, when she listens to it, she, she sees a certain color. Her dad likes listening to jazz, and when he sees that, she, or when he plays that, she sees a certain color along with the music that she hears. And when she, she uh, developed this great love of country music, and when she hears it, she sees another color. Um, so I actually looked this up and I found that there's actually a term for people who see colors when synesthesia, that's right. It's called synesthesia. And the definition of this is not specifically seeing colors. That's like one form of it. of it, but it's more broadly called synesthesia and it's the production of a sense impression relating to one sense or part of the body by stimulation of another sense or part of the body. So when she hears music, she, when she hears music, that's one sense hearing. It stimulated. It stimulates another sense in her, which is her visual. She sees colors. So hearing music stimulates her color perception. Um, and some people don't understand this, and they also we'll talk about this later. Called the Wish Kids Competition. That was one of the vocabulary words, and she said not only was it Mrs. V's help for knowing this. It's me, because I I see colors. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, a, a quick little aside about this. Um, there used to be this show on TV called Heroes. Have you heard of this show? Yes. It was on, it, it came on in like in 2005 or 2006, and it lasted maybe four seasons. So you wouldn't have been aware of it because it was right when it, you were born. But. but it was a show about people who discovered they had powers. So some of them had the ability to time travel or um, fly or what was another one? Someone had uh, tremendous strength. There wasn't anyone that had super speed. Um, One of them was kind of able to see the future. Um, So anyway, all these people discovering that they had powers and one of those people had synesthesia her power was synesthesia she could see music and it enabled her to um she was able to able to manipulate the colors though so like not only could she see them but she could manipulate them and do stuff with them so that was her power so in a quite literal sense melody has a superpower here yeah so i thought that was pretty cool it also her having cerebral palsy affects her in that she can't really communicate clearly. And so even though she's the smartest kid in school, no one knows it. And people like give her fake grades in school because they don't know she's actually ner- learning because she can't communicate. Right. But not only do, do um, people in school, her teachers and her classmates not know how smart she is, but her doctors, not even her doctors could her understand mother, her parents. Well, I think her mom believes that she's bright. She does. But her doctors uh, don't even give her the credit of knowing things that a kid of her age should know. So, the doctor thinks that she is unable to learn. Right. Pretty much. And her mother doesn't believe that at all. She sees something in her eyes. She knows that she has smarts. She knows that she's really smart. And she pretty much, like, roasts this doctor that she's That's smart. a great word. She roasted him. Like, 
roasted. Yeah, like she, she pretty much said, you, you, don't, you, you think don't, you're so smart because you have all those degrees, but you don't know anything. This child has smarts. I know it. Yeah, she, uh, she gives him a good earful. And so what we're finding is that because of her condition, people limit Melody and, and what they expect from her. And the people that don't are really just the people that are closest to her, like her mom or Mrs. V. Her dad. Her dad. So these people know she's capable of quite a bit more than uh, what others might think just because she has cerebral palsy. Most people think that she is kind of dumb and that she doesn't really know anything. They call her retard. Retarded. Yeah. Um, Just because she has the... How do you say that? Inability? Inability to talk. Yeah, it, communication is something that we, we take, take for granted. extremely for granted. And because communication is the only way we know what's on somebody else's mind. They either express it in writing or they express it orally. But if you can't do either of those things, how do people know what's on your mind? And I think... That's what makes her go out of her mind. <laughs> Yeah, so she struggles with it, and it causes her to have her, what does she call them, her tornado fits. explosions, yeah, right? Yeah, her tornado fit. When she can't communicate adequately, adequately what she's experiencing or what she's noticing or, or seeing or thinking, then she gets extremely frustrated and throws these tantrums. Um, but I think that's normal. I think anybody would feel that way. Yeah. If, if you couldn't express and people constantly misunderstood what you're trying to say or do, then yeah, I would definitely have an explosion or a tantrum. I would probably be like, "Ah, people. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it would be really, really frustrating. Um, we, we know that blind people, they can't see, uh, and deaf people, they can't hear. Deaf people who can't hear, they typically can't speak, but they can see, so they can still, like, they can still use their hands to sign, use sign language. But with Melody, she has none of those fallbacks because she doesn't have her motor skills. So she can hear fine, she can think clearly, but she's limited by this inability to use her mouth and, or her hands to communicate. People always underestimate her. Yeah. It's so sad because it's just like... I I know this. You just don't let me say what I'm trying to say. Even the people that know she's more than capable, like her mom, will misunderstand her at times. And most times, actually. Yeah, and and accuse her or falter or misunderstand what what the situation is simply because of this inability of Melody to communicate. Yeah. Um, before we go deep, cause I do, that's kind of how we want to frame the rest of our discussion is around those instances and examples where Melody has a difficult time communicating and what that means for the story and what that means for Melody and the people around her. Before we get to that though, um, I want to ask this, you this one question because the cover of this book, I think is so pretty important. striking. The cover of this book has a fishbowl that's filled with water and, and a fish who has Seemingly jumped out of the bowl. Yes. And so the and the cover is mostly shades of blue, and the fish is a goldfish. So the fish is orange. So what do you think is the significance of this cover? Well, the book is called Out of My Mind, and I think that this is her feeling when she's trying to express herself, but she has no way to communicate it. Oh, that's that's very. Great. So you're saying the fishable is her mind. Yes. And the fish, or I shouldn't say the fish is her mind, and the bowl is her or her constraints. She's trapped. Yes. And because this fish is trying to get out, that's her mind, like trying to get out. Mm-hmm. She's trying to get out, and that's out of mind. That's that's a very uh, observant. I, I like that. And I also think this connects to her very much because she has this fish, this fish named. Ollie, and Ollie kind of seemed like he got sick of just floating around and swimming under this log. And then he just one day hurls out of this fishbowl and kind of like he's sick of it. Like he tried to kill, like he's trying to do it. 
Like he wanted to be out of that fishbowl. Yeah. And so it has connection to her and her mind. That's what I feel. I, I will agree with you. I think that's a great way to describe Melody and her situation. This book cover, uh, the imagery on it. And plus, as you mentioned, there's a specific story in the book that's related to this cover that kind of represents the situation, symbolic of Melody's situation. Yes. Very good. Um, so as I mentioned, the way that we want to frame the rest of our discussion about this book is to discuss specific instances where Melody has her either explosions or encounters a situation where she can't communicate effectively and gets really frustrated. So... The first of those instances is actually right early on in the book. We discussed Melody's love of music. And in particular, she really enjoys this song Elvira by Bye. the Oak Ridge Boys. Yes. Elvira. Elvira. And it's this country song that she really loves. It comes on the radio one day. And she's super excited. At this point, she's really, really young. She doesn't say exactly how old she is. She just says she's young. She, she says when she was really little. So I think she's maybe, you know, two years old or something like that. And it, this song comes on the radio and she shrieks shrieks with delight. And try to let her mom know she wanted to hear the song again. But she looked like... What? So it, <laughs> she looked there. Yeah, she's her, like she was nuts. She's getting excited, and yeah, her mom probably just looked at her like, "What are you doing? You're acting crazy." But what she really wanted was to let her mom know she wanted to hear the song again, but she couldn't. So it frustrated her, but she couldn't explain to her mom, "Hey, play that song again. I want to hear it." All she could do was shriek, kick, and yell. That's right. So yeah, I imagine that 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 could be frustrating, but. This Elvira has such an impact on Melody that when she finally does get the availability to talk. Well, not availability, but she gains a greater ability to communicate. So we mentioned that she has at first she had a communication board. She has a communication board, but then um, she learns about this computer called um, a Meditalk. Meditalker. Meditalker, excuse me. And a Meditalker is, is um, think a... Most people know who Stephen Hawking is. Yes. And Stephen Hawking has this computer. He ha- He's actually, he doesn't have um, cerebral palsy, but he's, his motor skills are also limited. And so he uses a computer um, to communicate. And so a Meditalker is pretty much a simplified version of what Stephen Hawking uses. What Stephen Hawking uses is this very custom setup specifically for him. But a Meditalker is... Uh, some anybody who has uh, difficulty speaking and can't sign could use something like a meditalker to communicate. And so she, uh, after some doing with the insurance companies and the doctors and the schools, uh, she, finally she finally gets. And how old is she at this point? She's eleven, right? She's in. The, she's in fifth grade. In fifth grade, before she finally gets a meditalker. So I think the first eleven years of her life, she had to struggle communicating. And she finally gets this Meditalker, which allows her to communicate. Uh, it, she can type in phrases. She can type out actual words. So she kind of uses the thumbs, as we mentioned. Her thumbs are fine. And her thumbs are, are perfectly fine. So she uses those thumbs to type on this computer that's attached to her wheelchair and talk. And what does she name the, the computer? Elvira. Yeah, she, loved, she loved that song so much that she named her Meditalker Elvira. So that had significance for her later on. Imagine if she had had Elvira and could use it when she was young and heard that song and wanted to hear it and, again. And could have said, "Hey, mom, play that song again." Like she could have typed it out on her Meditalker. I want to say something else though. When she finally gets this in fifth grade, she's in inclusion classes because she's in this group of kids who also have physical disabilities and. Room age five, and then she finally gets the chance to be like other kids and be in normal classes, and they include her into their classes. She meets this girl named Rose, and she 
this is how she gets the many talkers. She, this girl named Rose, her friend, gets a new computer, and she said, "What if I had that, but customized to me?" Right. That, me. So that inspired her to do some research and figure out if there was something that could help her. Yes. A computer that could help her. But there are other people in that class named Claire and Molly, who just don't think that she's smart enough, or that she's pretty much like a retard or dumb, stupid. So one of the the quotes that I don't I don't remember which girl said it, Claire and Molly, that I think is extremely important about the way people perceive. Um, people that have disabled people. Yeah. Disabled. That's one way to put it. Or, you know, people who can't communicate. So she says that she, Claire says, or Molly says that she didn't even consider that Melody had actual thoughts. That was Claire. Okay. It was Claire. She's like, I don't need to be mean, but. And that's. Never occurred to me that she had, that she actually thought. And that's very naive of Claire. But it's also a, a mistake that you I understand how it could be made because somebody who never speaks, well, you think to yourself, well, they must never think anything. So it's a very um, short-sighted mistake for Claire to have made, though. I also have something, though. She has Claire, not Claire, Melody has this assistant named Catherine. And Catherine Kind of is like her eyes and ears, not her eyes and ears, but her voice. And she says, well, you've always had the ability to talk. And you've always, like, nothing's wrong with you, really. So imagine having not the ability to talk. Wouldn't you feel this way? Like, wouldn't you want this ability to talk? And wouldn't, like, you just, like... You take this so for granted, you don't think about people who don't have that ability. Yeah. Which, that was one of my favorite parts in the book. Yeah, and I, and it's one of those things. I, I know that I probably take it for granted, too. I don't thank anybody that I can speak or that I can walk or that I can, like, you know, I all of the, the things that... Motor skills that we have. Yeah, I, of course. We, we end up taking them for granted. The, the, the key, I think, is... That when you encounter someone who doesn't have those abilities, is to not make assumptions about them, about who they are as a person, simply because they don't have the same abilities that you do. Yeah, that you were just born with, right? Like we we didn't you didn't earn no. the right to ha- have a speaking voice when you came out of the womb. You came out crying. You had a voice. You know, you were able to learn how to speak. But it was just natural for you because you had those motor skills. That part of your brain wasn't damaged. And we all, I think we all kind of take those abilities, whatever it is that we're born with, for granted. But it's important not to make assumptions about those who don't. I also, she has this little sister named Penny. And she's completely fine. And Melody's just like in awe how she learned how to roll over, how to walk, how to talk. She's just, like, amazed how her little brain knows how to do it. Because she didn't know how. Right. And she's like, how does she do this? And I can't. Yeah, I'm sure Melody, especially Very after confused. she has a sister, she, you know, she she questions why, particularly her sister and probably some of the other kids were given the ability and she wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, those are very hard questions to answer. And I'm, I'm sure... Um, that's something that, you know, parents of those kids, they, they have to try and teach their kids. And it's, I'm sure it's difficult, but it's worth it because as we see with Melody, she's a very bright child. She's bright. She's funny. She's creative. Um, you know, she's a joy. And you have to, and I think Mrs. V said it and her mom's actually her mom said it. Um, you have to, the problem is not Melody's to figure out it's for the people around her. Like we, they have to figure out how to bring those things out of melody because it's in her. They just have to figure out how to bring it out. And when they finally get the Medi talker, it does bring out a lot of it. Right. Yeah. She's able to, melody is finally able to tell jokes. Mm -hmm. She's finally able to talk about things like going shopping. Uh, just the simple things. And the, the first thing that she says when she gets her Medi talker 
Uh, I thought it was so sweet. She was finally able to tell her parents that she loves them. And she was like, I love you. Because surprisingly, it wasn't on her communication board. Right. So. Because they didn't, her, her parents didn't think that, again, like you don't know what this person wants to communicate. You just think about the, the necessities. I have to go to the bathroom. I'm hungry. Those sorts of things that they put on her board. rudimentary communication board. But now that she has the Meditalker, she's able to, you know, customize it and write, put the things in there that she wants to say. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, that led us down a, a very long and winding path talking about Elvira. Yes. Um, but another incident, and maybe you want to talk about this one more in detail because you you brought this one up, is the that what toy. happened at the toy in the toy aisle at the toy store. So. Well, it was in the toy store, it was the grocery store. Oh, the toy aisle in the grocery store. Okay. Um, so Melody and her mom went to the store, and she, her mom was like propping things up, and then they, she passed by the toy aisle, and then she saw these lead painted toy blocks, and she just that morning saw a warning notice that. Those things were dangerous, and they told people that they were made of lead. And she had this tornado thing, and she's, like, kicking and pointing, like, and her mom thinks that she wants it. And she's like, no, Melody, you already have enough. You don't need any more toys. And But Melody was actually trying to warn her mom, and she wanted her mom to tell someone that those were dangerous and to get them off before another kid gets hospitalized. And she ends up throwing a tantrum and everyone like is pointing at her and she's like, they end up having to leave the store because she doesn't know what she's trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, this is one of the points where we really see her mom get frustrated because she, all she sees is a little girl throwing a tantrum. She doesn't know why. And she can't get her to stop. And she thinks that Melody is just acting out for who knows what reason. But Melody here, she has good intentions. She's trying to warn her mom, warn the people at the store that, hey, this toy is dangerous. It It's made out of materials that can poison people. And so she's trying to get them uh, to notice that. And, and she has no way to communicate that with anybody. I think this is another... Instance um, where she wishes she had the Medi Talker. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure this happened very early on in the book and and earlier on in her life when she didn't know that technology was available. But I think this is another instance that shows what kind of memory that she has because she saw that news report. Who knows how long ago? That morning. Oh, was it that morning? Okay. Well, <laughs> I thought it was much longer ago, but uh, we didn't talk about the fact that. Um, Melody likes watching TV. She actually has a remote control attached to her mm-hmm. wheelchair. So she's able to control the channels and she watches. This is how she learns, right? Because she, she doesn't, she can't turn the pages of a book, but she's able to watch TV. So she learns things from Discovery Channel and from the news and from National Geographic and all sorts of sources because she's able to watch TV and her, her memory, given that it's photographic, she remembers all of it. Mm-hmm. She remembers all these things, all her words. And um, in this incident, she was trying to communicate, hey, th- those toys are dangerous. And she, But she can't tell them that. And she can't tell them how she knows that. She just tries to throw a tan- uh, tries to get people's attention the only way she can, which is kind of kick and scream. That's kind of all she's limited with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also talked about Ollie the Fish. Yeah, we, you mentioned Ollie when we talked about the cover of the book. But we didn't talk about another point where Melody throws a tantrum because we talked about how the fish curls himself out, which we don't talk about how she tried to save the fish. So this was another incident where Melody was trying to get people's attention um, because there, there's a situation where someone, somebody, her fish was in danger. And so she, but so let's, let's be more specific here. The, the fish jumps out of the bowl. Ollie somehow hurls, hurls himself. himself out of the bowl. And she sees this and she knows that fish can't survive outside of water. 
So she starts screaming and yelling, trying to get someone's attention so that they can put Ollie back in the bowl because she can't do it herself. But nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. And she knows that Ollie needs water. So she, like, grabs the... So, yeah, right. With the, her limit, the limited physical motor skills that she has. She tries to grab it and she knocks it down. She so, knocks over the fishbowl. So then it looks like this scene of a knocked over fishbowl. She's wet and the fish is out there on the floor. And so when her mom finally hears her screaming and comes to her room, all she sees is her daughter wet, fish on the floor, and the bowl on the floor. And she, what? She thinks that. She knocked it over and she scolded her like, Melody, are you stupid? You know that fish can't live without water. And she's like, I tried. But you were so slow. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, she tried her best. And this was another misunderstanding that she has with her mom. Her mom basically blames her for knocking the fishbowl over. And we know that Ollie doesn't end up surviving. Yeah. And, of course, Melody can't explain. Well, Ollie jumped out of the bowl himself. She tried her best to get everyone's attention. Nobody came. And so she she did what the next thing that came to her mind, which was to try to get Ollie back in the bowl. And she did what she could. But, obviously, with her condition, she wasn't able to get Ollie back yeah. in the bowl. And she's just like... I wonder if the reason why Ollie jumped out of the bowl was because he was tired of that circle and the fish and the fake log. He was probably just bored and he was sick and tired of it, so he jumped out. And his mom said he was very happy in his little world. She questions that. Yeah, so think about it. As you mentioned, this this whole thing could, could represent Melody in her situation. Um, when Melody gets frustrated with her situation, she lashes out and she throws these tantrums. Well, that the tantrums could be the equivalent of Ollie jumping out of the bowl. Because when Ollie gets frustrated with his limitations, which are these the, the which are the constraints of this tiny fishbowl, what does he do? He wants to get out. He jumps so he jumps out. So the, the, kind of the pe- parallels between the two of them there, as you mentioned before. Uh so uh you you brought up the Wiz Kids competition a little bit earlier, but Let's talk a little bit more about the WizKids competition now because it, another example of, of Melody I'm, not uh, getting frustrated with her communication abilities because, happened in the WizKids competition. Because she's very underestimated. So let's talk about um, this story. So in one of her inclusion classes, um, Mr. History. D- her history. In, okay, so Mr. Dimming, the teacher, decides to give a practice oral quiz one day and it's for the WizKids competition. The WizKids competition is... One where s- schools compete in this trivia game. Mm-hmm. And if you win your region or your city, then you get to go to Washington, D.C. and compete on national television and get to go to Good Morning America. And it's, it's this really big deal. And the her school, uh, Spald- Spalding Elementary? Yes. Spalding Street Elementary School. They had done really well the year before with some kids in, in that history class who... Rose. Including Rose and Connor. A few of the kids in that class who were uh, really looking forward to competing in it again. Um, now is the time for them to decide who's going to be on the team. So Mr. Dimming gives this oral quiz. Practice, practice quiz. Saying, hey, you know, we're, we're this is coming up. So here's a practice quiz. We're, we'll do this today instead of our normal boring lecture. And everyone's excited. And uh, so he, he does the quiz. And this is after Melody has her Medi talk. Yes. So He's she, Melody. She, she's actually able to to answer the questions, right? Because it's, they're multiple choice questions. So she's able to answer the questions on her Medi talk. And Claire then, and Molly, though, think that she's cheating because... Oh, hang on a second. She, she's able to answer the questions. And Catherine turns... The Medi talk has a printer built into it, too. Yes. So she... She answers the you know, A, B, C, or D, and at the end of it, she prints it out, and Catherine, like you said, her assistant, turns it in for her, and Mr. Dimming is surprised that she even participated, and more surprised after he grades them and finds that Melody has a perfect score. He underestimates her. And as you said, Claire and Molly and some of the other students 
think she cheated. I think that, oh, there's no way she could have gotten a perfect score. It must be her assistant who helped her. Or maybe she used the computer to look up the answers. Like, they can't believe that Melody got a perfect score. But we know that, of course, Melody has this perfect memory and she's, you know, watched all these television and taken in every source of information that she can. And so she actually does really well. When Mr. Dimming announces that there will be a more formal quiz that where more students will get to try out for the WizKids team, um, Melody decides that she's going to try out for the team. With, even though people... Even though her, at her, even though the other students and, and Mr. Dimming says, "Oh, I'm going to have to make that one really hard because if Melody was able to get a perfect score on this one, it must be too easy." So he's underestimating. She's like, "The only reason she could have gotten a perfect score is because I made this thing too easy." So for that one, that one's going to be really hard, and so you guys better be ready for it. People laugh at her. And yeah, so for the next, even Rose, her good friend, for the next week or so, she. Studies really hard. She has Mrs. the help Violet, of the she has the help of Mrs. V. She has the help of Catherine. They work really hard so that Melody is ready for even mom and dad. Yeah, for so that she's ready for the the actual qualification quiz. And the same thing happens again. Um, she shows up. This is an after school thing where so they she shows up at the tryouts after school and Mr. Jimming is kind of sad. Uh, well, she, he, he's, again, surprised to see you there. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Because it's going to be really difficult. And she's like, yes, you, yes. I don't want you, know. you to feel bad. Right. The other kids are like, well, how do we know she's not going to cheat? And Catherine says, because I'm not going to even be in the room. So they basically run out of ways to exclude Melody. She takes the quiz and once again. Perfect score. Perfect score. And Mr. Deming says this is the first time anybody's gotten a perfect score on this thing. And he's sorry for underestimating her. He does the right thing and he apologizes and says, you know, we've underestimated Melody, but clearly she's smart enough to be on this team and she earned the right to be there. The other students, uh, they don't take it so well, <laughs> especially like you said, Claire and Molly. And so this is a situation where Melody didn't resort to one of her explosions. She she bottled it up. And used it to motivate herself to earn her way onto that team. And she did. She competes with them on local television and helps them qualify for the the championships in Washington, D.C. But. What happened? There's a but. So when she gets there, um, they ended up, like, canceling the flight because the time of the flight was too, like, ends up, like, snowing. And they... Other kids, like, went out for breakfast or something, and then they get there, and she said, oh, you're a part of the WizKids competition. Okay, we'll let you go on to this flight because your flight has been canceled, um, and we want you to be there. But they don't bother to tell Melody. And so when Melody gets there, they find out, she, they find out that the flight was canceled, and... She ends up getting, like, really mad and really sad because she wasn't able to participate. And she was, like, she helped them get to, they helped them get there. Why wouldn't you let them? Yeah, so let me expound on this a little bit more. The, the, the morning of the, that they were supposed to leave for the competition, which, again, we mentioned is Washington, D.C., so they had to take a, a flight there. The time of their scheduled flight was sometime, you know, later in the morning. The other kids got together with their parents and Mr. Dimming to go have breakfast in the morning. Didn't invite Melody. And so they arrived at the airport early for their flight. Melody and her family had planned to get there early as well, but not quite as early. So they, because, you know, they they had a, a scheduled flight. And when the other group gets there, they arrived earlier. They learn that their flight's going to get canceled due to the weather, but there's one more flight flight that's leaving that they, that can accommodate them. And so because they arrived early, they're able to board that flight. And nobody on the team considers Melody and thinks about calling her to let her know that she needs to get to the airport well, that's at actually, that very moment. That's actually a lie. Because Rose, it's not a lie, but it's... Well, 
kind of bending the truth a bit. Rose actually thought about calling her dad on her phone. But then she asks, wait, do you guys really want her there? Or And then they were like, not really. So then she doesn't call. So they also, they do kind of purposefully, again, exclude Melody. They had already excluded her once by not inviting her to breakfast. And then they, they purposefully exclude. And then Mr. Dimming. So this is something that happened between the kids. It's missed, when I say they, they, that they, nobody considers Melody, I mean the, the adults. Like no, none of, none of the adults thought to call Melody and let her know. Although Rose did and she consulted with the other kids who said, no, let's not call her. And so they didn't call her. And then, so then Melody's not able to, to fly because by the time she gets there, she's expecting to take the later flight, but that's canceled due to the bad weather. And she's not able to join the rest of the team at the Whiskits competition. Yeah, I'm, kids can be mean. That When I read that, I, that's all I could. I was like, man, sometimes kids can be so mean and so selfish and not realize just exactly. How hurt she was. She was really hurt. She started crying, I believe. Yeah, I mean, they were doing it because they didn't want to be embarrassed by her. They thought that she, they, they would look weird. Yeah, but those are such selfish reasons without fully considering, like, you know, how... She's so smart. She helped them get there. How Why smart not? she is, how important she was to their team, how she earned her way onto the team, and she deserved to be there in Washington to compete with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was, was my uh, least favorite yeah. part of the book. <laughs> yeah. One of my least favorite parts. There's another least favorite part that I have. Okay. What was that? What was the next least favorite part that you had? Penny. What happens to Penny? So, on a rainy morning, like, after the whole kids thing, on a rainy morning, they were getting ready to for school um, and mom loads Melanie into, car, into the car while dad and Penny are waving goodbye. And then she realizes that she doesn't have her book bag. And then her book bag, her dad has it and then like holds it up. So then her mom goes out, gets the book bag, and Penny ends up leaving, um, and onto the street. Yeah, yeah, there was an earlier incident when their dad was coming home from work and they were all waiting there on the porch and Penny wanted to dash out and go greet her dad and Melody's mom and Mrs. V and even their dog were there to stop her from basically running out into the street. In this instance, though, it's raining. They're getting ready for school and... Her dad is uh, preoccupied by, you know, giving the the bag to Melody's mom. And so Penny, again, once again, dashes out into the street. And then what happens? And then mom goes back into the car. She's pretty annoyed. She keeps having this, Melody starts throwing the tantrum because she knows that Penny's out there. And she, like, throws her tornado fit. And then her mom actually slaps her on the leg, and she's never done that before, So then, but she still keeps doing it because she knows Penny's out there. And then her mom, like, says, um, mm, her mom scolds her for misunderstanding her and yells at her. And then she keeps, then her mom backs out of the car. She hears a thud, soft thud. Then she gets out, and then her dad says, where's Penny? Then her mom's like, what do you mean? She's with you. And then she's like, no. She has the, she was under the car. She wasn't, oh yeah, well she, at this point she was under the car, but the car didn't run over her. No. The car just bumped her, but did cause her arm to break. And the thing is, it was raining, so she had to use her old manual chair with the um, communication board, and she wasn't able to say that Penny wasn't there. Oh, yeah. I, I had forgotten about that part of it. But So this is another situation where 
Melody's trying to communicate, hey, there's something wrong here. She saw Penny dash out into the street and she's trying to let her mom know, but her mom just thinks she's throwing another fit. Because she doesn't want to go to school. Or something, maybe because it's raining or, you know, she she makes assumptions about why Melody is behaving that way and just completely ignores the warning that Melody is trying to give and Penny winds up breaking her arm because of it. So and really, that was a sad, very sad part. It's really her mom's fault for not... I wouldn't blame her mom. It was an mom? accident, but it was one of the... It's an, Similarly with Ollie, this was an accident that could have been prevented if Melody was able to talk, communicate better. And because she couldn't, when she tries to communicate the nature of the situation to her mom, it just comes off as a kid throwing throwing a fit. And so... It's more like number... It's more like the toy aisle mistake. Well, because it's a warning. It's a little bit of both. I said Ollie because Ollie gets hurt, right? Ollie ends up not surviving that incident. Yeah. And in this situation, Penny gets hurt. Fortunately, she survives. <laughs> you know, but she does break her arm. And again, her... her I don't want to blame... I don't, I don't think it's anybody's fault. But it's definitely an accident that could have been prevented had Melody just been able to simply say... Hey guys, I saw Penny run out into the street. You might want to go get her. Yeah. But or also, like Penny's underneath the Penny's out in the street. Yeah, as opposed to simply not or not simply, but you know, just kind of yelling and kicking. Yelling, all kicking, she has and, to work and with. like she was clawing at her mom, and that's that's all she was able to do. She tried to finish her, but yeah. Wow. So yeah, that happens near the end of the book, and it and it's a unfortunate accident, but. We know that that Melody, she has her Medi talk now, and so she can continue to customize it so that she can communicate better and, and hopefully use that for the rest. Maybe she, eventually she'll get, and I think she talks about it. She, excuse me, she'll eventually get a setup like Stephen Hawking has that that would help her. And Stephen Hawking, I think, is a good role model for her because he's considered one of the smartest, smartest. people in the world. And. I was making that connection too. Melody is disabled, but she's the smartest kid in her school, probably. Yeah, or at least in that grade. <laughs> at least in that grade. Yeah. yeah. But her, you know, her teachers never tried to teach her anything more. Uh, she well, she did have one good teacher, right? That that Miss Tracy that um got her audiobooks for her to listen to, but her other teachers, along with the other students that were in that class with her, kind of the um. What do they call it? The learning community H5. that she had, uh, which was basically, like you said, a, a bunch of other students that had a disability of some sort that were around her age. Um, none of them get credit for being smart, smart. And so the teachers don't try to, to teach them or they try to teach them remedial things like their ABCs. Like Miss Billups. Yeah. Who just like played little baby songs and was pretty much acting like they were babies who can't talk. And she had another fit, but it was just because she was really annoyed. And then her mom, like, they call her mom after she has the fit. And then her mom was like, this is about the ABCs. And she's like, uh-huh. And then she's like, what exactly were you doing? She said, we were reviewing our ABCs. I believe it was on the letter B. And then she's like, it's February and you're only on B. And she's like, May I see what you're listening to? And then she's like, yes, we were listening to Old McDonald Hunt or whatever. And the kids love it. And she's like, no, I don't think she do. And quite frankly, I don't blame her for throwing the bit. Yeah, I think, I'm glad you brought this incident up because we've talked about these other incidents where Melody's not able to communicate accurately what, what she's feeling or, you know. She's not able to give a warning of some sort. In this incidence, um, her her teacher and then the principal can't calm her down because she's throwing this fit from having to listen to their teacher talk about the ABCs again. Buh. 
And at this, at this point, she's in like the third grade and clearly she's smarter than that. But the key, the teacher doesn't know that. And so, um, they're all smarter than that. Yeah. So the, the, the teacher is trying to teach them the ABCs when her, so because the teacher nor the principal nor any of the aides are able to calm Melody down, they call her mom and her mom comes in. And at that point, Melody finally does communicate and she's able to communicate accurately why she threw her fit. She says it was the ABCs and um, that the teacher was trying to teach him the ABCs. And that's why she threw a fit. And so her mom's able to accurately deduce what she means, why she's feeling the way she feels. And she's able to stand up for her because the teacher never wanted to give the kids credit. But. Melody's mom certainly knows that she's smarter than that. She knows her ABCs already. She knows how to read if you let her. So she's able to stand up for Melody in that instance. And I actually like like that um, story because that was one in, instance where Melody was able to to communicate what was going on. And then somebody stuck up, stood up for her and defended her and said... I didn't did she she wasn't scolded for throwing her tantrum at all in this situation. Her mom immediately turned to the teacher and said, "You you can't teach you can't uh treat these kids like they're 2 years old." Not 2. Cuz my baby cousin knows how to speak and he's 2. Exactly. So, I like that story. I think in comparison to these other situations where they had a, a bad ending, this one has a good ending. I like that that part of the book. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Another part where, like, well, I love the Rose. Rose is one of my favorite characters in the book. Mm-hmm. Just because even, like, everyone else didn't want to be her friend. And Rose was kind enough to invite her in to be her friend and they like end up laughing and having a fun time with each other and they end up even going to the aquarium together yeah that's what made rose's action at at, at the whiz kids competition so sad right because he thought this was someone who had melody's back and who would be, be her friend but then she winds up doing what the other kids do which is try to exclude her um I also like Mrs. Violet Valencia. She's yes. my favorite. Yes, she's she doesn't allow Melody to make any excuses. For feeling bad about herself and she's and she's like, Ugh she tried to like she got her to roll over to get her yeah. baby. She essentially showed uh, essentially She was the one showed Melody how to, how to crawl and how to uh, she showed Melody how to read and work her medi talk. She helped Melody prepare for the WizKids competition. She never Doubt allows, her. yeah, or doubts her, never allows Melody to use her cerebral palsy as an excuse for anything. And when I read, uh, reading about Mrs. V reminded me of my uncle. Which uncle? Um, I, it's my uncle Don. He passed away. Oh. Um, yeah. Is that but, the one who taught you how to play poker? Yes, he did. <laughs> but when I was six or seven, I had a hernia. What's that? So a hernia is like a bulging thing, usually somewhere near your hip. And you have to have it removed. So I had to have surgery to have it removed. And You never told me this. Well, hey, now you get to learn. So after the surgery, um, walking was very hard for me. Because the surgery, like I said, it take, it, it's right... Like your hip flexor, you know, your hip flexor, okay. it's right in the hip flexor. And so walking became difficult after I had the surgery and it was difficult for a few weeks until I was able to, to, to get comfortably back on my feet. And so my mom and my grandma and my great grandma, they would all baby me. And, you know, I was kind of sit on the couch and they would bring me food and they would, they would kind of wait on me and, you know, that's me. Yeah. Sometimes treat, I get hurt. Yeah, treat me like like a baby and say, yeah, you know, kind of catered to all my needs and stuff. And so one day my uncle came over and he saw me there laying on the couch and was like, oh, okay. So he, he I think at this point he kind of took my brother and said, hey, let's go over to the other room and, and go um, play a game. 
And I said, well, I want to play. Can't you guys play in here? He's like, no, we're going to go play in, in this other room in the house. He said, if you want to play, you can come. But we're going over here. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, that's not fair. I want to play. And I was upset because they would he wouldn't play near me because I was in one room and I, and I was still feeling like a baby. And I was like, I can't walk. He's like, you can, and I think he eventually yelled to me from the other room. He's like, hey, Chris, we're having a good time over here. Come, come on, come play. And, uh, and finally I, I eventually said, okay. And I, and I got up and I, and it was a struggle. Cool. But I made it over there. And he's like, see, I told you you could do it. And then we continued to play. Much in the same way Ms. V was like, see, I told you, Melody, you could do this. She was trying to, I think, roll over or something yeah. like that. And, and Melody had always been, her parents had always just, if she fell, then they would correct her. If she needed something, they would bring it to her. But Mrs. V was like, no, I know you can. Like she, she put down her favorite toy out of reach and said, look, if you want it, you can go get it. That's kind of like you and I hurt my foot this recently. Yeah. And it was at the competition for gymnastics. And I hurt my foot. And I kept trying, but like on both, you were like, come on, Kalia, come on. And it really hurt to run, but I still did it. Yeah. And I still got an eight five five better than some of the other kids who weren't hurt. So Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I really like Miss V too. Mrs. V. Okay, so is there um any other thoughts that you have have about this book? Well, I think that this is actually a very inspiring story to me because it's just like the story about this girl who has cerebral palsy, but she can't talk or do anything. And then, like, she proves to herself how smart she is. And when she proves to herself, people end up not underestimating her as much as they did before. And they didn't give her, like, these fake grades because they didn't actually know if she could talk or not. And that's I think that's my personal thing that I love about this book is that it shows you how someone with a disability can prove themselves in different ways than you can prove yourself. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the perspective that this book is told from. It's not one we often get in books. No. Um, and There and, aren't many books about disabled people. Yeah, so I really enjoyed the path that this book took i enjoyed melody as a character i thought she's very sweet very smart um but she struggles and she has some real struggles so going along with her struggles and um getting to experience her pain and experience her joy i I really enjoyed reading it so who would you recommend this book to i think i would actually recommend it to everyone (laughs) everyone (laughs) Because I feel like everyone can learn something from this book. Because I learned that you shouldn't underestimate people based on what they look like or if they have capabilities or things that we do that they can't. And for some people, I feel like it might show them to, to if they have that disability or something that they can do whatever they want to do and that they are smart too. They can prove themselves. That's right. Yeah, so uh, it's been great talking about this book with you. I've enjoyed this conversation and I hope our listeners, you've also enjoyed this conversation. If you want to join the conversation, you can go to our website at fatherdaughterbookclub.com and leave a comment for us there. Uh, We'd love to hear from you to know what you thought about this book and, and what you thought of our conversation. You can also comment down below on this book or past episodes where we have done. And you can comment down below some things, some books that you want to read or comment down below books that you love or the part of the book where you like. And we'd love to get your feedback. Yeah, so please leave us uh, any comments that you have. Uh, you can also leave us a review or rating on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Let everybody else know what you think of the podcast. Um, if you found this podcast on iTunes, remember you can also get it uh, from our website directly or Google Play 
or Pocket Cast or wherever you listen to Pocket Cast. We have a feed that you can subscribe to. So please subscribe to us and, and you, you'll always know when the next episode is coming out. You can also subscribe to us via email. That's right. So, if, so. And if you want to know what we'll be discussing in our next episode. We will be reading... The Thing About Jellyfish by Allie Benjamin. It's a fairly new book. I'm reading it right now. It's very deep. So we're, we'll be excited to have that conversation together and with you. So so please go out and get that book and, and be ready to join us for our next conversation in a couple of weeks about The Thing About Jellyfish. Yep. Dun, 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 dun,